Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for joining us live today, Dominion Sonship. I will continue on the theme of the surety of the Word of God, the confidence that we are to have in the Word of God. And to a believer, there's nothing more precious and sacred and dear and um, life communicating than the Word of God. Today's title is, uh, he actually gave it to me this morning. It is God's Word is an unswerving yes. God's word is an unswerving yes. And so because of this unswerving yes that we have from God in the word of God, we can then have this strong consolation that which God says to us it is truth that that which God says to us is unswerving and abiding forever and so let's go to where we started last week in first Peter in first Peter 1 actually for Sarah 22 since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit so when we obey the truth, when we're doers of the word of God, there is a purification that happens. And we know that the word is washing us as water washes. And so through this obedience of truth, we are purifying ourselves through the spirit because the word of God is spirit and truth. The word of God is spirit. The word of God is quick and powerful. The word of God is alive. The word of God is ever working within us. And what allows the word to work within us is this engagement of faith that is born out of the word himself. And so by reading the Bible, by meditating these passages of truth, we are allowing the persuasion of the Holy Spirit to purify our souls, or can we say to renew our minds? And so the only way we can experience a life change will be with an experience of an attitude change, which will be an experience of a persuasion change. And so nothing can ever change in our life if we do not change the core values of our life. If we don't change the way we think, if we live with a mindset that is of the old man, that thinks just like the world does and they, and, um, they scrutinize, let's say every pen is spent, whatever it looks like to communicating that you're the manager of your life. You're not the manager of your life, but you do steward this divine life that he has given to you. And so often we want to steward the things that we can touch when really the highest stewardship is this divine life that we have in Christ. But no, that's too difficult because it requires a death to an old mindset. Because we all like to think our, our little old thoughts of what, what, we just grew up to believe that if someone doesn't smile at us, then they're not really happy with us. If someone doesn't say the hello with the right kind of a tone, then they're really not liking us. And all these formulas that the old man has formulated to navigate in self-preservation, in self-management. 
when truly all of it is going to go out, it's going to go out because there's only one reality that we function in this world and that we are loved. And that there is a plan that God is working out in our life. And that's the plan that we're really called to engage. So if we're to manage anything, it's really an engagement of a divine working within us. It is forsaking an old pattern of thought. Well, this is how it really, really, really is. This is the only way you can get ahead in the world is if you do one, two, three, and nothing else. So how does it work? How does one, two, three look like? One, two, three looks like a slavery to the world. Which equates to how many more hours do I have to work? Uh, how much more, how many more years do I have uh, before retirement? How, how many hours are there in a day? What kind of a, an hourly rate do I need to sustain a lifestyle I want? All of that chaos in the mind when all of that's going to go by the wayside and we are to have one focus. Lord, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? And once we come in alignment with the will of God, and really the only way we can come in alignment with the will of God is through the meditation of the word of God. That this, this spirit word is unlocking chunks of callings within us that we would have never known if the spiritual key was not put inside of us. If the spiritual work of the word of God is not placed within us through the reading, through the hearing, through the meditation, the mulling over of the word, there is an unlocking of a God potential. There is a resource you never could tap into without an uncovering of divine revelation of a calling that is so far above your daily mundane life that you just want to just kind of get along with, just get along, just, 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 just. Just, just five more years, three more years, just, just, if I can make it till the day is over, I'll just go to bed at night. How often we catch ourselves in those thoughts. And so often they're so subtle that we don't even like take them and, and, and look at them and say, no, you, 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 don't, you can't communicate the truth to me. No. If God is for me, that he's laid up my life. He's laid up my life. He's laid up my life. He knew exactly when I was supposed to be born, exactly the hour, exactly the moment. He knew, he knew how to bring me this far. There is a plan that's working. And in this plan, there's provision. In this plan, there's grace. In this plan, there is peace. <laughs> there is peace. And so God's word is, is an unswerving yes to you today. And so I'll, if I can just keep to my verses, if I just keep to my verses, I might get through them, but uh, the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is glorious. And so all that came from reading here, the purification of our souls in obeying the truth. Well, number one way you obey the truth is you read the truth. And so many think they know the Bible, they know the Bible. They know the Bible. They know the story of David. They know the story of, right, the giant Goliath. They know the story of, I think David threw a stone and, and that giant came down thud and 
They know the story of Noah and the ark and uh, the animals. They know, they know the story of Jesus coming. They know, they know Peter is the one that kind of walked on the water and then he took his eyes off of Jesus and then he sunk down and they know the story of Paul on the road of Damascus, but it's stories, stories, stories. What about a divine reality of living out the story of Christ now? Oh, Mandria, Rabasatarina. What about putting your eyes back on those verses? Go back to David and Goliath and how David run towards that giant with absolutely no timidity and say, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? No covenant. I come to you in the name of the Lord. How about coming into the moment of Paul with the eyes of, of the blindness that he walked in, though he read the, the, the scriptures of old, he read the Torah, and, and he could quote, and, and he was a Pharisee of Pharisees and of the tribe of Benjamin, and, and he was just above reproach where the law was concerned. And those scales, when the scales, when the scales fell off, says, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? How about Noah, a preacher of righteousness, persecuted from the get-go? Only eight went in that boat. Only eight went in that boat. That's how great was the wickedness in the land. They mocked him. They harassed him. They mocked him. They harassed him. They mocked him. They harassed day in and day out. 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 And he persevered. That's the story of Noah. That a seed of righteousness was preserved through this preacher of righteousness. How about Jesus walking on the water? How about Jesus walking on the water and calling into your life, come. Step out of the mundaneness of the boat of your life. Forsake an old mindset. And hear my yes towards you today, that yes, you can walk on the water. Yes, you can be above the circumstance. Yes, you can soar above your moment. Yes, yes, you can be an encourager. Yes, I want to use you, 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 I want to use. These are the stories that God wants us to live out now. And it's through this obedience of truth. So number one way is get yourself back in the Bible. Read, read the New Testament. Read the Old Testament. Go to the epistles. Go to the Gospels. Read the book of Genesis in the beginning. How God created. And now your life is being fashioned by that same word of creation. The word of God. And if we move to verse 23, having been born again. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. It's an immortal seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Through an immortal word. Do you know why it's an immortal word? Because it's God himself. And we looked over the last few weeks about Jesus being the word of God. 
Though all flesh, all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flowers of the grass, the grass withers, the grass is no more, the, the, the grass tarnishes, the, the, the grass is, is corruptible, the, the grass perishes. The flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Why does the word of the Lord endure forever? Because in the beginning, he was and he is God. He was with God in the beginning. And he is an immortal God. And I love how Paul refers to him in, in Timoth to Timothy. Uh, was it first Timothy? I think it's first Timothy. One seventeen. Now to the king immortal. His word is immortal. Because he is immortal. Now to the king immortal, invisible. Why do you always want to see something to see if the word's working? What is faith? It's of the unseen. Of things that are hoped for. It's based on a persuasion of a trust. That which God said to me, it will be exactly that way. And I don't have to survey the, the landscape. I don't have to check on the height of the waves and, and, and the knots of the winds, how fast they're going. To tell me if this word is working because it comes from the invisible God. Everyone wanted for a visible change of circumstance to validate that which I believe. No, what validates what I believe is the word of God. The word of God validates what I believe. And it comes from an immortal, invisible God. Who alone is wise, his word is wise, for he is wise. Beyond in glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he finishes in chapter 6. Verse 13. Urging us in the sight of God to, to keep, to keep this command without spot and blameless. I'm paraphrasing it there. Until the Lord's return, the, until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 15, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed, this is 1 Timothy 6.15. He who is the blessed and only Pontiac, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality. Our Jesus, the word of God, God himself alone has immortality, dwelling in what inapproachable light his word is light. He is light. And now in him we have become the light of the world. Do you know that today you are the light of the world? Do you know that today in you there's no darkness? There's no shadow of turning where the word of God is concerned towards you today. It is unswerving and it's yes and yes and yes and yes and yes that you are now an heir of Christ, that you are now born again, that you now have a, 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 a portion of an inheritance that is divine, that you now have this, this light of glory dwelling within you, inapproachable light, Christ within you, the hope of glory. That is yes. 
There's no shifting. There's no wavering with God. That would never change, not subject to change. Who alone has immortality dwelling in inapproachable light. Whom no man has seen or can see. Whom no man has seen or can see. Always wanting to see something. Always wanting to see something in the natural. Have an experience in the natural. When we are born of the most supernatural reality, the word of God that is immortal, that dwells in its inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, but you are seen by the word that we'll give an account to. To whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 4. We didn't make it to Hebrews 4 last week. We're going to make it this week to Hebrews 4. <laughs> I put it in the very top so we can make it to Hebrews 4. For this is an hour of a great shaking and a great endurance. It's a good hour, God says. Hebrews 4, 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. The rest of knowing that his word is truth. The rest of knowing that, that which he says, what she, that which he says has been affirmed and sealed by an oath. That these, through these two immutable things by which it's impossible for God to lie, the promise and the oath, we have this assurance to enter into this rest. But great diligence is required to enter in. Lest anyone fall short, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful. Our, our God, our God is living and powerful and his word is living and powerful. Don't ever separate God from the word of God. They are one. They are one. And the Spirit of the Lord discloses His truth. They're all one. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing, even piercing. Allow the Word to pierce you. Allow the Word to enter within you. Let it target you. Let this Word target you. Let it pierce and let it, let it be a, a, a divider, a, 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 a separator, so you'll be able to discern what is of you. Old men and what you need to forsake because of it, to separate the unrenewed mind from the word of God, not to mix doubt and unbelief with faith because it cannot stand, it cannot stand. So allow the word to target every area of your mind that is unrenewed, unrenewed, carnal, carnal, carnal. Me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I, me, my, how can I make a profit? How can I benefit? How can I, 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 how can I? Wearing yourself out with how can you? You can't. Outside of him, you can do nothing. How can you? You can do nothing outside of him. What you can do is respond to this. Word, to be diligent to enter into his rest. You can do that.
what he urged Timothy to be found faithful to the commandment of the word of God to the very end. So the word of God is two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. And is the discerner of the thought and intents of the heart. Discerner. Only the word can, can gauge the state of my heart. And without the word, there's great deception. And we can think we're really so far ahead when actually we're not that far ahead. But the word of God is gentle with us. The word of God is corrective to us. The word of God is, is, is tender to teach us, to instruct us in righteousness so we can grow thereby. We looked at that verse last week that Peter wrote. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him that to whom we must give account. Let's go back to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. Yeah, chapter three. God's word. God's word is an unswerving yes. That we just read that we will give an account if we go back to Hebrews 4. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And because all things are open, we are to verse 13 in chapter 3. Paul writes to Timothy, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. This is, this is in light of in the last hour, there's perilous times. Imposters would, would rise up and they grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Don't be found in the city of the scoffers today. Don't be found alongside an imposter today. Because the only thing an imposter does is deceive and be deceived. No truth found in an imposter. Hypocrisy is not of God. There's no wavering in God and in hypocrisy there's only wavering. It's a masquerade. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you've learned them and that from childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, you've known the Word of God which are, which are able to make you wise. So we just read earlier, right, what uh, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy that God is all wise. His word can make you wise. Do you want wisdom? Do you want wisdom? His word alone can make you wise. It's a divine wisdom. It's an inward knowing that no man knows, but the Holy Ghost discloses to you. And so you can always be in the know of the moment. Though there's great chaos and a lot of interpretations and, and many, many perceptions and, and, and many don't even uh, line up with Scripture. But you know what lines up with Scripture because you have got the unction that's making you wise, that's keeping you as you're keeping on in the Word of God. It's able to make you wise for salvation through faith 
which is in Christ Jesus. This wisdom is through faith. It's not a worldly wisdom. It is through faith. It's in Christ Jesus. All scripture, this word that we read that we'll give an account to, that all things are laid bare and naked, open to his eyes. It's given to us by inspiration of God. He knows our moments. He knows our location. And so it is profitable for doctrine. He wants to teach us for reproof, for correction, because he knows which way we're going. And if we veer off the path, he's right there to correct us because we live life before him. For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Do you want to be complete today? A sense of completion versus always running behind, running out, always having something to, uh, to just, to just uh, run after. But be complete, thoroughly equipped for every, every good work for every good work and this is what the word does it equips us for every good work let's go to um back to hebrews chapter two actually chapter one is really good too let's the beginning of chapter one regarding the word God at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days, do we live in the last days? Yes, we do. So we are right now being spoken to by God, by his son. Because he says, he has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also, he made the worlds. And again, keep Jesus in light of the word of God. He's speaking to us through his word that became flesh. He wants this word to become flesh in your reality. How does it become flesh? It's by you believing the word. That it becomes your soul reality. And it has put on flesh because now you're living life with this divine persuasion that that which God has said, it is so. He's appointed him heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds through him, through his son. He made the worlds. Well, yeah, because he was in the beginning. He was in the beginning. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things, upholding all things, all things by the word of his power. So not only is he immortal, but in his divine wisdom, he's upholding everything. He's upholding everything by the word of his power. What wisdom is that? What divine life is that? Do not just exist of his own just by himself, but he has now given us brand new life. Though together with him, we are one. That in Christ, all things consist, Paul writes to the Colossians, I believe. 
He's the head of the body called Ecclesia, the ruling government of God on earth. That through this divine word we rule dominion of the sons of God by this word of power. So your life today is subject to the word of God. Make your moment subject to the word of God. How? By being so persuaded that this word is yes to me. He is not a man that he'll ever lie to me. And if he says, I'm complete in him, then I'm complete. Then the struggle for completion has ceased forever. Then there's no more competition. Then there's no more really selfish ambition. Because I've been made complete in him. And in this reality, in this revelation, there's a great boldness to declare this word of power. And now this word of power starts manifesting and taking on flesh in your life. And you see things change. You see things change. And all he had to do was believe. All he had to do was believe the word of God for whom we already live and move and have our being in him, in him. In him. Let's go to chapter 2 in Hebrews. Therefore, because of <laughs> Therefore, we must give a more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. So, if we're not continuing in the word, if we're not, like Paul said, urging uh, Timothy, to continue, we'll drift away. That is always been, that has always been a bit of a shock to me. That we can actually depart from the truth that we believed. Why? Because we got stuck on the stories we think we know. We got stuck on the stories we think we know. So I don't need to read about David and Goliath. I know that story. I don't need to read about Paul. I know that story. He was the chief of all sinners. I know that. And when we become arrogant in our minds that we know it, we depart from the truth. When we become arrogant and walk away from the daily reading of the Bible, because we know it, we've got it figured out. God loves me. And yes, he does. He wants you safe. Doesn't want you drifting away. And so he's earnestly encouraging you to take heed of what you hear. Lest you drift away. Well, if you drift away from life, where are you drifting to? It's not life. If you're drifting away from life, where are you drifting to? The muck and the mire of the world that leads to death. Downstream. For if the word spoken 
If the word that we live our life before, if the word that's given to us for reproof, for edification, for correction, for instruction, if the word that's immortal, wise, living in inapproachable light, if this word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. That's amazing. That's amazing. And what happens, how we drift is when we really do not take the word of God as truth. When we take our old mindset and we elevate that old mindset, we do it above the word of God because we're not persuaded that this word is true. Because somehow we still have a sense of separation from God. And normally the way we, we, we walk through that is with this little phrase, God knows me, God knows my heart, God gets me. So I'm just going to drift over there, but he really knows me. It's not the hour to drift away and use a cop-out statement. God knows my heart. I'm human after all. I can't help myself when we have the Holy Spirit living within us now to lead us into all truth. And so it's a lack of persuasion. And the way you build up your persuasion is you come back into the fire of this word. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. And that's why Paul kept attaining. Paul never came to a place where he said, I got it all now, I got it all. He was a scholar of the word and kept pressing and attaining to this divine life of resurrection, reckoning himself, identifying with the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ and refusing to know anything else but him, Jesus, crucified because that communicated covenant blood to him. A sealed word, an oath. Here. Oh. Okay. Calm down, Desi. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, 17. Paul said regarding his plannings, which way he was going to come. And he said, therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? And that's what about our life. We, we don't self-manage. We follow the lead of the Holy Ghost. We don't do things lightly. I think it's a good idea to go uh, 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 over there. I think there's better employment uh, uh, over there. God knows every moment of your life. It's not about a better employment. It's about a better covenant based on better promises. You're now in Christ, made alive forever. So we don't do anything lightly. And Paul says, or the things that I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me, there should be yes, yes, and no, no. 
What we do, do we do we do it with a yes, yes, I'm gonna no, no, I'm not gonna no, yes, yes, no, no. No. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no, no duality, no confusion. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus, by me, Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no. It was not in the wavering of the flesh, maybe so. You hear it? God's answer is yes, no, maybe. Oh, where? give me a word to back that up. He is against sin and carnality. But where the word's concerned, it's a yes. Every promise is a yes to you. And you've been made qualified through the blood of Christ. That's what Paul wrote to Colossians in chapter 1. That we've been qualified now to partake of this divine yes. The Alpha and the Omega that Jesus says, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is our Jesus? The book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 11, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And right there I put down God's plan. God is the Alpha and the Omega, and that is Jesus. And it's a divine yes towards us. And so here we sing it again. For the Son of God, 19, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus, uh, and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him, in him was yes. In the Alpha and in the Omega is a yes. In the Alpha and the Omega, in the promise from the beginning to the end is a yes. It is a yes to you today and forevermore, not just today. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. All the promises are yes in him. And in him, amen. So let it be. The promise and the oath. He sealed his blood. He sealed his word with the blood. With an oath. The yes and the amen are in him. To the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our heart as a guarantee. So we can now have the unction of the Holy Ghost and be led by His Spirit, guaranteeing we're going to walk out every benefit of this salvation. We're going to walk out. We're going to walk out here in chapter 5, verse 5. Now He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, the walk in our inheritance. Let's go to, um, I've got a few scriptures flashing by. Let's go to, um, actually, okay. I'm going to go to Hebrews real fast to read something, and we're going to go towards Luke. Let me just go to Hebrews. We read this before. I'll read it again about the promise and the oath. Uh, this is chapter 6, 16. For man indeed swear by the greater and an oath for con- confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. So the oath 
to man is the end of all disputes. Is God's oath to, to you? Is God's oath to you an end of all disputes? Is the word of God an end to all the dispute and the chaos in your mind? That's how you know you're in full persuasion. Because that word silences everything. Because this oath that he gave to us is to communicate an end of all dispute. Thus God, thus God, because the oath communicates an end to all disputes. So what are you disputing with God in your mind? What are you disputing in your head today? Take the word and put an end to that chaos and that struggle in your mind. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability, the immutability, the not changeable nature of his counsel. He doesn't change his counsel. You come back five years from now, we'll read exactly the same. It will mean exactly the same. He does not change. Confirmed it by a note. He put an end to all dispute. He put an end to all dispute. He is God. He is God. He is your God. And He has indwelled you by the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and mighty is He in you, He is for you today. Allow this word of persuasion of bold declaration to put an end to all dispute, to bring about this peace that he is within you. And so he confirmed his promise by an oath. So by these two immutable things in which it is impossible to God for God to lie. Impossible. Impossible. It's impossible. For God to lie. We might have strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge. To lay hold of the hope. Set before us. And so because of that. Because of that. If we go to. Here we can see it in, in Luke. In Luke chapter 1. Zechariah's prophecy. By the Holy Spirit. Saying. If we go to 73. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham. To grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies. He swore an oath that we are to be delivered out of the hands of our enemies. Do you believe that you are delivered out of the hands of your do you Do you believe that? Do you believe that? And there's no stronger moment than now to believe it. But he swore this oath and put an end to all dispute. Oh, I love God. God is cocky. God is bold. God, God is audacious. God sits in the heaven and laughs. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 To grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. That's the focus, to serve God without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. That's the purpose of the oath to set you free forevermore. That you be found in Christ. Now, 
in Christ now above reproach. You know, when I get uh, stirred up, my words kind of go into one big, big... <laughs> Even I don't understand myself sometimes, so it's okay. But we're to understand the Holy Spirit. We're to understand the Word of God. The Word of God that has been sealed. A promise and an oath was given to us. That has granted to us a full deliverance from our enemies. So we can serve him acceptably. Acceptably, Hebrews write. <laughs> Without fear is how it looks like to serve him except not afraid of our God. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Let's go to Matthew. Oh my, we've got to wrap it up. Matthew 5. And because his word is unswerving to us, we are to be unswerving with our words. Here in 36, these are the words of Jesus. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one here white or black, but let your yes be yes and you know no. Let your yes be yes and you know no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. I want to go to James. I can flick, but you guys go to Romans. We're going to finish with Romans, but I want to just go to James. You guys go to Romans uh, 5, I believe. James pretty much says the same thing in, in James uh, chapter 5, 12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let you yes be yes. And you know, no, lest you fall into judgment. Just like Paul said, I didn't come with a yes and a no, or maybe so. I came with a divine yes to you. And so his word is an unswerving yes to you because he wants your faith to be unswerving yes to him. <laughs> he wants you to be unswerving, to for you yes to be yes and you know to be no, that you have unswerving faith towards him. And let's go to Father Abraham and we finish with that verse in Romans Actually, 4, Romans 4, 19, regarding Father Abraham. And, and let's put our names in there. We too, not being weak in faith, did not consider our own bodies already dead since, regarding Abraham, he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he didn't consider the natural moment. He didn't consider the no of the moment. Oh, he did not consider the no of the moment. I'm rushing a bit. I should slow down. Abraham didn't consider the no of the moment. You don't consider the no of the moment. Why? Because you have an oath. And this oath has canceled all dispute. You be only believe the yes of God. And that's what Father Abraham did. He believed the yes of God. And verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. The yes and the no, it's unbelief. Did God say no? He didn't say unbelief. Learn to recognize it. And when you allow the word that is quick and active and powerful, that word will bring that recognition very easy to you. And so like Father Abraham, we don't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but we are strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced or fully persuaded that that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was counted to him for righteousness. And so we say that today, 
we too are swerving towards our God. Amen. Amen. Yes to God. Done.